This is a, a really a mind-blowing story. It's a story about a about a, a boy who was growing up in Brooklyn, I believe it was, and as he was getting older, he needed, he was not well, he needed a kidney transplant. His kidneys were problematic, and he needed a kidney transplant, and it, it was very serious. It was very, at the very beginning of the whole kidney transplant phenomenon, and, you know, they didn't have his, the databases were not as, developed as they are now. Anyway, this kid needed a kidney transplant. So they went around, this father went around to different places, you know, begging, giving, taking tests, he'd take the swap to see if you're a match. He went around to different places, different yeshivas. To make a, could be a very long story short, I'll just really cut to the point of this incredible story. They found a match. A boy was found to be a match, and the boy said, I'm willing to give, give this, uh, your son a kidney. The father was elated because it did not look good. And this was Lamamash like a miracle that this kid from this particular place ended up being a match, that they found him, and that he was, uh, that he was a match. This may be going back early 60s, maybe in the 50s, exact story, exactly, I don't know exactly when it happened, but uh, in, that, in that time frame. Anyway, about a few days before the, you know, he took all the tests, Checked it out. The doctor said everything is a perfect match. Looks great. And this young man is going to give this sick man, this sick boy, a kidney. Okay, was ready to do it. Three days before, the boy calls up the father, the excited father whose son is about to get healthy. And he says, listen, I spoke over my father. My father says, absolutely not. I cannot give the kidney. So what happened? We, we went through the, the, all the tests. Everything looks good. What happened? Why would you not be able to give a kidney? He said, I don't know. My father just said, absolutely not. It's a really amazing, powerful story. Absolutely not. I will not let you do it. And he said, well, it's, you know, he called him up and he hung up on him. And he said, can I visit him? And he gave him his hand. Bottom line is, after trying here, there, and everywhere, this father goes over to the father who said, no, he knocks on his door. Rings the doorbell, the father opens up the door, he sees the father is of this sick kid who's about to beg him, please, please let your son give my son a kidney, they're perfect matches. And he just slammed the door in his face. Knocks on the door a few, a few days later, I'm sorry, a few minutes later, waits a few minutes, tries again. Don't you get the message? The answer is no. And he slams the door one more time, he waits maybe an hour, maybe he hopes this time he can, uh, it'll work out. And he, he opens the door. He says, I told you, never will I let my son give your son a kidney. Now stop bothering me. And as he's about to slam the door real hard, the father sticks his foot inside the door and blocks the door from being slammed. And he says, I need an explanation. If my son's going to die, the least you can do is explain to me why you will not let your son give my son a kidney. He's healthy. The kidney's a perfect match. Why? father looks at him and he says, you think, you think you're going to fool me? You think I don't know who you are? You think for a second that I don't know what happened back in the concentration camps? Because I was there and I know who you are. I know you were a capo. You were one of those collaborators with the Nazis. I know exactly who you were. We were in the concentration camps together. Don't you remember me? And I had a son. And that son was 14 years old and he was, he was 
working with me, and we, we were somehow uh, most fourteen-year-olds didn't last. Most most fourteen-year-olds were sent to the to the to gas chambers. But somehow this kid was with me, and I was able to protect my own son. We were working together. One day, this guy from the other camp came by, and he sees my son. He says, "What's that kid doing here? He's too young." And he told you, he saw you, and he told you, "Take this kid and send him over to Barrack B, where the gas chambers were." Instead of being a man, instead of saying I'm not doing it, instead of risking your life before killing a 14-year-old kid, what did you do? You took him. In front of my eyes, you took him. I'll never forget that day. And you took my son to that gas chamber. And now you come to me, and you want me to have my son that I was able to be blessed with. Separate from the one you you killed, and you want him to give your son a kidney? You want me to be involved in saving your son? Never, never. And the person at the door took a breath. He says, "Everything you said was almost one hundred percent true." But let me tell you the end of the story. Let me tell you what you don't know. What you don't know, my dear friend, is that yes, I took your son. Yes, we went towards Barrack B, where the gas chamber was, where the crematoriums were, and that was my directive. But I couldn't do it, and I didn't do it. And I found a room. There was a room, a small room, on top of those barracks, where I hid your son, where I where I hid your son every single day. I gave him food every single day, a little bit of morsel just to survive. And when this war was over, I looked for you. I looked high and low for you, trying to reconnect that boy who I protected because I could not kill him, and I could not follow those Nazis, your Machshemams, or I could not follow their orders. I kept him alive. And when I couldn't find you, I had no choice but to raise him as my own son. So, my dear friend, once you know the rest of the story, you will realize that I'm not asking you to save my biological son. I'm asking you to save your son, because a boy that needs a transplant, and the reason why those two are perfectly matched, is because they're brothers, and that's why it is your son that is being asked to save your son, his brother. And obviously, with that, the emotion started to pour, and they cried. And obviously, the surgery went through, and ultimately, he saved his brother. Rabbi Sai, when you stop and reflect about this incredible story, amazing Ashkach Hapadus. Number one, who runs the world? You're going to tell me this all happened just out of, out of the clear blue? Akash Baruch Hu didn't orchestrate that again. One of millions of stories that are hard to, to believe. Not with, if you don't introduce the fact that Kashbok runs the world.